What's up, everybody? This week on the podcast, Callie and I get the opportunity to talk with Ashley Yoder. Ashley is the Spider Monkey. She's a UFC fighter who just a couple weeks ago competed in UFC 222. And in my personal opinion and, and several thousand other people's opinions on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, she was totally robbed in the fight by the judges. Ashley has a unique story in how she got into the professional fighting arena. And it's a very inspirational story. So if you've ever dealt with pain and loss and, and you know, some, some questions about why that happens and how to turn that into something positive, it's a great episode to hear Ashley's story. So I really appreciate her coming on. I want to say a huge thank you to her right off the bat. Uh, she's a great friend of mine and uh, very excited for all of her success and so happy that she was willing to come on and do the podcast with us. Married with Children, the podcast, hosted by Dustin and Callie, two 30-somethings, just trying to make it through everyday life. For show questions and feedback, marriedwithchildrenshow at gmail.com. Sponsored by Spring Valley Farms. Spring Valley Farms is a family-owned certified Angus farm that specializes in show cattle and freezer beef. If you have a young child breaking into the 4-H scene, there isn't a better place to visit than Spring Valley Farms. They aren't just looking to sell you a show heifer or show steer. They will be with you throughout the entire show experience. If you're a more experienced showman that would appreciate support from the farm that you buy your show cattle from, Spring Valley Farms is the place. The head herdsman for Spring Valley Farms has spent time working, showing, and fitting cattle at many Indiana regional shows along with the National Junior Angus Show. If you have interest in Spring Valley Farms, feel free to email us at marriedwithchildrenshow at gmail.com. And now it's time for the show. Welcome, everybody. Uh, we're back this week. Uh, it's an exciting episode. Got a uh, guest coming on here in a little bit that's going to join Callie and I by, by telephone and somebody that I'm really looking forward to catching up with, haven't seen in a while. But before we get to that, Callie, good evening. Hello. How's it going? Really well. Yourself? Not bad. Making it so far, this week is spring break for me, so that's always a good thing. Yeah, I'm somewhat jealous. This is the tough yeah. thing when we have opposite spring breaks right. or different spring breaks. And the first week when it's you, I'm very jealous because you have the next week off. Right. But, ne- but next I, Sunday night when we're recording, right. you have that dread of Going I have to, to go back yeah. and I get to start the week. I know. So it it kind of I kind of would rather have the second of the two because in fall break like i had the second week and i think that kind of makes it better because i mean because then that's one more week but i don't know it is what it is so but no um this past week's not been too bad we uh alan's done some crazy things imagine that but uh he the other day we were at school or just got home from school and 
uh, we were sitting there in the living room and he was messing around and all of a sudden I notice he starts doing a dance of some sort and singing some words and he started singing a just kidding song and it's so funny I mean I had to I didn't even want to send you the video I took I obviously took a video of it, but I didn't want to send it to you because you ha- it's one of those you have to see in person. He's like, seriously, he starts out as with a joke. and uh, <laughs> I think I have the song here if you want me to play. Oh, do you? Okay. I think so. Let's okay. see. Let's see if it's going to pull up here. I was going to say, because and, and I, I, I ask him. Yeah, it's off of Go Noodle. So... Yeah, I think that's the start of it. It's buffering on me. Oh, I was going to say, because I think that's it. And I don't, there's multiple different like parts of it. Alan just does like the one part or the one question slash joke. But um, it's, it's actually really funny. And like I said, it's one that you've got to see in person. He does like claps and throws his hands up and, you know, dances around. And it's, it's actually pretty funny the way he does it, but. It had me absolutely rolling whenever he showed me. And so then later when Dustin got home, I had to have him show Dustin. And he's pretty much done it about a million times since then. Let me see if I can get it on the computer here. <clears throat> but it's off of it's off of Go Noodle. If you've got any younger kids, um, that's what they do at school. Because he started singing this song and like rehearsed. Like, rehearsed i mean and i'm like where in the world did you learn this at and he was like he said that he did it at school with go noodle so that's where he saw it and they learned the dance or whatever to it so it's actually pretty funny let's see if it'll play on here i think the part he does is kidding song right there (laughs) and like i said like it it really we watched the video alan showed me the video and it comes up like i mean it's like a four minute video of all these different things he's he does the hey i saw a dog with five legs but then now he starts and he says hey i saw a dog with one leg and then he says hey i saw a dog with a hundred legs it changes every time but he does all the clapping and the pat like slaps his legs it's actually pretty funny yeah it it, and and if you know our son or you've been around our son enjoys uh going throughout the day with just his underwear on Um, it's very difficult at times to get him actually dressed in clothing so the majority of time that he performs this he's standing in nothing but his you know his spider-man underwear (laughs) singing the just kidding song and to kind of lead to him not wearing many clothes today um obviously got two different podcasts that we're recording now and 
obviously this one here with my wife and then Matt and I, as we announced last week, has started throttled up. So we had Matt over today and had a guest in studio and afterwards Alan came up and wanted to take them upstairs to show them everything that we've been doing. Right. <laughs> After we got upstairs, we went out on our second you know, story deck, and I was showing him some things out there. And as we're sitting there talking, Alan's standing right next to the three of us, and Alan says, you know what, I need to potty. Next thing you know, he just whips all his pants down, and he's just pottying right off the, the second story deck. So we may have a little bit of an issue with him and understanding time and place and appropriateness. Well, but I think he... I. And I mean, for the most part, I think he kind of understands, like, he can't do that necessarily in public, at least I hope. Uh, But when we're at home, it's pretty much fair game, I think, in his mind. And especially that second story deck, since he's done it, like, I mean, since he peed off there the first time, he thought it was so cool. And now, like, literally, that's, I mean, anytime he goes up there, I mean, he seriously, before he came in. Uh, I mean, I bet it wasn't five or ten minutes before he came in and, and talked to those guys and we were upstairs. He he had just peed and he felt the need to go again, I guess. Well, when you're up, you know, ten foot high and you yeah. get the opportunity, you can't miss out on it. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So that those are those are kind of my interesting stories, I guess, for the week. And we've kind of transitioned here. You know, we did the first, I guess, what would it be, three episodes by ourselves, uh-huh. uh, just kind of talking about some things. And we've transitioned to what we were kind of hoping to get more into, which is, you know, getting people on the podcast and interviewing them and talking to them about what they're doing. And that started a couple of weeks ago with the counseling sessions within C episode. And if you've not downloaded and listened to that one, you really need to. And especially like if you're having like a, a bad day or you're just, I mean, like, because I really think that you're going to be laughing through the majority of that. At least I was, I mean, yeah, it was, <laughs> if it, you can't tell when you listen to it, it's an hour and 40 minute episode. And I think about 60% of it is just laughing Yeah, and, yeah. and it, because it was literally that funny having those conversations with her. And, and if you've not caught up on that, you need to, because the hope is here in the next couple of weeks, NC is going to make her second appearance for yeah. counseling sessions, part two. And hopefully, cause we didn't get through the whole list with in, in that hour and 40 minutes, we didn't get through all of the stories that she had noted to tell us. So, and we were afraid if we went any farther that people might actually wet themselves in in (laughs) laughter so we wanted to make sure we cut it off a little early but then last week we had matt come on you know matt's a good friend of mine works with me and we were starting this podcast throttled up so we came on and uh probably not your most involved episode because (laughs) you're not much of the race fan and other than you guys making fun of me with my racing choices and you know yeah, you finished thirtieth today. Did I? I, have um, any, I don't. I don't even know who I had. You had Chris Busher, and you finished thirtieth. And I know that because I also had Chris Busher, and I finished thirtieth. Really? So, oh gosh, uh, you know, randomly we ended up with the same driver, same week. Great minds think alike. That's scary. That, that's <laughs> scary that you're going to put me in that boat. I but. know. I I knew that you would enjoy that. So, and then, you know, we talked about, you know, Matt and I starting this, this new podcast throttled up and first episode came out last Thursday. Uh, there'll be another episode this Thursday, had a guest in studio there as well. But this week, this is probably one of my more exciting episodes and interviews. Yeah. When we started this idea and I really thought about, you know, people that I would want to have come on and talk the young lady we're going to speak to here in a few minutes definitely jumped to my mind. Absolutely. 
Ashley is a, a girl I went to high school with. Um, she was a couple years younger than me. Her older brother was actually in my class, and I graduated with her older brother. Um, she's got a pretty special story with you know the loss of her older brother uh, right as she turned 18 and what that kind of led to, her struggles going through that, and kind of the, the craziness of, of spinning off to where she is now. And that story is she's a professional fighter, <laughs> and she fights in the UFC. Right. Um, just you know, a few weeks ago, uh, fought in UFC 222. And, you know, I, I was laughing, and you'll hear a little bit of it in the episode. You and I were at a hockey game, and I was, you know, yeah. streaming it on my phone to try and keep up with her fight. Right. Um, she fought Mackenzie Durham. Um, she came in, Durham came in with this huge kind of, you know, potential and, you know, kind of hype, I guess is the best word I was looking for, is this hype about her uh, entering the UFC. It went to the judge's decision, and, and you'll hear this several times throughout this because it's my true belief. I, I think Ashley got robbed um, in the fight, and from the sound from the sound of it, and I mean she she talks about it a little bit and and everything from the sound of it is I think that a lot of people, especially I guess I should say. Um, experienced people or people that understand the UFC and that and the MMA and all that kind of stuff uh, seem to kind of think the same thing. So, I mean, obviously she, it went down to the judges and, um, you know, I mean, it, it didn't go in her favor. But it was a split decision. Yeah. Uh, one judge went with Ashley for the win and two others uh, went the opposite way. And and, and Callie's right. I, I, I kind of trolled all of the Internet comments after the fight and and there was thousands upon thousands of comments about, you know, how she was robbed and, and she really did win the fight. So, but what I want to say before we get into it is if you're a regular listener, but you think, gosh, I don't like the UFC. I'm not a fight fan. I'm not in the MMA. Don't turn this episode off yet because it's not just an interview and a conversation about fighting. I mean, oh, would yeah. you agree? Oh, yeah. And I think I think the interesting part is that she goes into detail about people that aren't experienced with it. Because, I mean, as you'll kind of hear part of her story is she wasn't experienced with it either when, when she kind of stumbled upon this and started it and whatnot. No, so. when I was in high school with her, she was a you know dance team member, cheerleader. Right. You know, she ran track, I believe. But she was really this, you know kind of the all-american small town girl i mean in that sense uh and i I say it when i was talking to her but i would have never expected that she would be you know and i I can't tell you what girl i went to high school with i would have picked to be the ufc fighter you don't usually think about i guess but she (laughs) was she was not in that realm and and, you know and it, it is a really impressive story it's a lot of inspiration and the other thing i would say is if if you're a parent that has a a kid that's especially a daughter that's you know that that teenage years you know whether it's middle school or high school and they're going through some things and you know we've talked a lot about kids today and what kids face and you know depression and things like that you know and struggles this is a this is a interview i think to listen to because ashley went through a lot of those struggles and a lot of that anger and was able to turn it into something really positive and and you know she she's definitely an inspiration to me um she excites me to get to see the the great thing she's doing and and how good she makes mitchell indiana look uh so i was i'm i'm honored and I, i truly truly mean that when i say that this is not just a 
you know, oh, this is really cool. I am honored that, you know, she's been on UFC tonight. She's been on the Ultimate Fighter. She's, you know, she just fought on Fox Sports 1. And and she's calling in and giving us, you know, almost an hour of her time on a Sunday afternoon just to talk to the Married with Children podcast. Well, and I think it's interesting because she, I mean, no offense to any of the other guests that we've had so far or anything, but she is definitely, I would say, the most famous of the ones because because of some of the things that she's done. Um, I mean, she has been on TV. She's done, you know, fights on TV and, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, she's is, got 24,000 Instagram <laughs> yeah, followers. Yeah, she's like, I mean, what, it, what on Insta, like, what is the number that it's like you're officially a famous person well she's she's verified on twitter oh is that right she has okay, the verified so, check on okay twitter, so. that's that's kind of what i was thinking of because i knew that i don't know if instagram does that but i, I can tell you of, that the married with children podcast instagram page is not quite at twenty four thousand. not quite so <laughs> yeah, hopefully i don't even know if we have 24 people we'd probably be close right yeah. there yeah that that we're, we're growing we're growing <laughs> um but you know again i I hope that we get some great feedback out of this, you know, and she, she tells her social media, but, you know, follow her and, and see her story. And, you know, and even if you're not interested in fighting, it's a really cool story to follow with this girl that, you know, this young woman that kind of took this path and I, and I, her, her amount of work she has put in is unbelievable. So I don't want to use the word lucked into it because that's not at all what has happened. I want to make that clear, but just kind of diverted into a path that right. it just kind of happened. And and again, she has worked her tail off to get to where she is, but it wasn't a plan. It wasn't this set no. out that at seven years old, she started jujitsu yeah. and she trained all the way and up. It, and that's what, I mean, she talked about, I mean, there are obviously some of the, the UFC fighters that are on there that, that, that is, I mean, they, they started in one realm or the other, you know, of some, of some sort, whether it's, you know, boxing or jujitsu or whatever it was, but she was definitely not one of those. And and she talks about that, you know, about how that's, uh, I, I wouldn't say part of her struggles, but that's where she's really had to learn because she was kind of just, oh, well, I mean, it, it's kind of what she did, ended up doing, I guess. And she had different plans, but. It Absolutely, she's it, you know college educated. Right. She she finished her college degree and and uh, then just kind of took off with this. And, yeah, and 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 I love and you'll hear in the interview. You know, she just she was young. She didn't have anything to hold her back, and yeah. she thought, "Let's see where this goes." And which I think is is amazing because there's no way that I would anybody that knows me knows that I would never even do that. So kudos to her for. Well, and that's part Chasing of it. I that's mean, part of the inspiration. And you know, yeah. when you and I talk about you know this show, and and I've talked a lot about my buddies at at Smugcast and what they've done is you know, and people kind of look at me like I'm crazy when they find out we do this, and and it's you know, by no means do I think I'm going to be you know Joe Rogan or Pat McAfee and what their podcasts are, but right. it's something I enjoy. It's something I'm passionate about. And and again, I agree with you. Kudos to her for just saying. Let's see what happens. Right. You know, I've got the time. I, I don't have kids. I'm I'm free to go and just throw yeah. caution at the wind and see what happens. Right. So, well, you know, I, I'm the star of the show today is definitely Ashley, and I don't want to keep it any longer. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, bring in her and, and get things started unless you have anything else. No, I enjoy. All right. Thank you, guys. Well, we're real excited here today because on the phone with us, we've got Ashley Yoder. And Ashley Yoder is a uh, UFC fighter. She just recently fought in UFC 222. 
Um, and it's really exciting that uh, Callie and I get to talk to her today. And I just want to start out by saying, hey, Ashley. Hi. How are you guys? Good. How are you? Great. Just meal prepping for the week. <laughs> well, you know what? That's great because that's a question I wanted to get into. Uh, <laughs> that was a little bit down the road, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, obviously, being a professional athlete and doing the things you do, what does your weekly diet look like? Well, during um, – I try to it, – it's hard because when I'm in fight camp, I get sponsored by um, a company that is really good to me. They make all my meals for me. It gives me, like, a little bit more time to rest and not have, you know, kind of a peace of mind and making sure I'm eating good and the right things, but – outside of camp is what's hard because you know you have those times where you you don't have a um, specific fight lined up so you can kind of do whatever but you still have to like make sure you you keep your weight pretty low so I, I like to meal prep just you know to keep me focused and um you know just so I don't have an excuse to be like oh I can go out and eat you know so it's it's good for me but um yeah fighter lifestyle it's like it should be called a eating disorder because we like starve ourselves for eight weeks and then we go crazy and then we have to starve ourselves again so it's kind of insane <laughs> so with fighting at 100 you fight at the 115 weight class correct correct so outside of fight camp where do you try and keep your weight at and i know that's not something a man really <laughs> no, you, don't ask, to, you don't ask that to a female <laughs> to a female but you're in a little bit different realm being being a fighter it's funny you say that we just had this conversation last night it's uh, yeah, I have to be comfortable talking about my weight at all times. Um, I try to keep my weight under 135, um, but, you know, sometimes it's really like if I don't drink, which, you know, I do drink occasionally. I live in wine <laughs> country, so um, if I can keep the alcohol out of my diet, I can stay under 130. But, you know, sometimes you got to live a little, you know, so it, it's nice to be able to go out and socialize, but... Yeah, anything I usually say thirty five is pretty heavy for me. So anything under thirty five um, is pretty much where I walk around at. Very good. That's what we call Interesting. It. Cool. Yeah. Well, obviously, I know a little bit about where you grew up. Um, we went to high school together. You grew up in small town Indiana. You're now mm-hmm. way out there on the West Coast, and you know what's the biggest difference between small town Southern Indiana and where you're at out there on the West Coast. The weather, my friend. The weather. <laughs> how how how? What's the weather like today? Hey, it's Indiana? it's actually really nice today. Yeah, it's sunny and sixty right yeah, here. Yeah, it's actually really nice. <laughs> actually, you got it's pretty much the same here today. It's like sunny but sixty. Yeah, so it's pretty cold here. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. And I'm going to ask you this because again, you know, we haven't talked in a while, but mm-hmm. did you ever see your career kind of taking this this path? towards you know the fighting scene and the professional fighting career i mean never in my life did i think i'd be in a cage punching someone for money like (laughs) it's insane but i also will say i also never thought i would be where i'm at it's not that i didn't think i could ever make it it just wasn't a plan it just kind of you know i i went to college i graduated college um from indiana university and i just kind of i had a couple amateur fights and one of my friends invited me to come try out this team in California. And at the time I was still amateur. I didn't know even, I didn't know what I was doing half, half of what I was doing. So, um, I didn't really want to, I didn't know where I wanted to go. So I moved out to California just to test it out. Went from being an amateur. I had four more fights out in California and then slowly just progressed into something more serious. And 
you know, I'm happy where I'm at. Um, so it's kind of crazy, but no, I definitely didn't expect to be where I'm at for sure, especially fighting. So my question is what, what was your original, what was your major in college? You said you graduated. What was your major? So I had two majors. Um, uh, one was, uh, criminal justice. That being said, I had a, another one that's kind of connected in criminal justice. I just tell people it's history, but it's really African-American diaspora studies. And the, that being said, it was because half the classes I had to take for criminal justice kind of linked up into getting a second major. So right. that's kind of how that happened. So that was kind of your original, I guess, your original yeah. plan. <laughs> My senior year, I worked for the prosecutor in uh, Monroe, Monroe County, um, and I thought it was going to go, you know, take the LSATs and go to law school. And I didn't like it. Like, I just didn't, you know, I'm not a behind the desk in a cubicle type of person. So, um, no, you're I more of an octagon but... type girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, uh, I got to figure something else out because this is not what I want to do. Um, and then cool. this just, it, it was just a random, like, well, let's try and see what happens. I mean, I don't have kids. I didn't have anything seriously holding me back except for student loans. So I was like, why not? So. Wow. Where did that inspiration come from and to, to get started into the fight world? Um, I mean, I think especially a lot of people know my story. I was on the reality show, The Ultimate Fighter, and um, it got brought up multiple times about how I got started in um mma i was very when i first started mma i didn't really the only person that really knew about it was my mother um the reason why i started and I was, she told me not to be ashamed of it you know you know it is what it is if people can't handle a sad story then you know um get over it so but it, it's the truth and it's taken my life a different direction but uh i started because i lost my brother when i was 18 um he was in a car accident and um I didn't really know how to handle it. So I ended up going to college, almost failed out my freshman year, um, just drinking, you know, just trying to deal with the pain without talking to anyone about it. Um, and then thankfully, um, I had a couple friends that when I was working at the pool in the summer that brought me into uh, Dave Atchison's gym in Orleans mm -hmm. to just like kind of, I didn't even know what MMA was. Like I used to change a channel. I am not lying. I thought it was like <laughs> WWE. Like, you know, when they're in the cage, like Absolutely. I thought that's what it was. Right. And I would change the channel because like, I'm like, this is brutal, like blood everywhere. Like <laughs> I had never been, Dustin, you know me, I've never been in a street fight in my life. Like, no, that's so. what's most amazing <laughs> for me is growing up with you. This is so opposite of what you were when we were in high school. And I don't mean that in a bad way at all. No, it's true, though. It's true. It, it's just it's not who you were. But <laughs> no, no. But when um. Yeah, I think, you know, it's just one of those things. I I really used it for anger management. I went in, you know, uh, Dave was very welcoming. I kind of, I started it up with, um, at the time, Alyssa Super, who also graduated with me, she started it with me. Jonathan Arnold was one of the first people I can remember that were um, at Dave Atchison's gym at the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, no one really questioned, like, why I was there, you know. I, at first, you know, a lot of the, the wives didn't like us because – you know, we're girls coming into this man's world or whatever, but we just wanted to learn. And at the time I didn't think I was ever going to fight. Like I just was going in there to beat a bag up and like get some exercise. So, um, yeah, it was, it was super, it, it was crazy. Like, it's just crazy to think how my life has unfolded since my brother's passing. But, 
um, I do believe in um, everything for a reason now, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that my story can reach people that need help. I hope so. And I would agree. And and obviously your brother and I graduated together and, you know, Uh he was uh, he was a, a very, very special human being. And I mean that in the most honest way because and when i when i watch what you've been able to do ashley it's it's kind of special to me because one thing about your brother is as you know crazy as he could be 90 percent of the time and that's the best word i can give for him because (laughs) he bounced off every wall there was but he was one of the best athletes i think i've ever seen and not in the traditional sports but being just an athlete in the sense of an athletic body running jumping flipping i mean the kid anything he tried or got on he was amazing at and i Mm -hmm. see a lot of that in what you've been able to do because you have a lot of those same characteristics in the sense of when you try something you're pretty good at it uh i don't know if i completely agree i'm kind of a klutz so like uh but i do you know i there is something to be said about working hard and you know, like you said, my brother, you know, he, he played a little bit of baseball. He did a little bit of wrestling. He said some track, you know, even got into cheerleading. Cheerle- I was just while, getting ready to so. say cheerleading. <laughs> I, I love telling people about that. It's so funny. Yeah, um, they're we, like, my brother was a cheerleader. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> his explanation would be like, we're not gay. We get to hang out with girls all day. Like, what are you guys talking about? Oh, yeah, it was great. And, and it was like a huge deal at our in our hometown because it they didn't know how to handle it when he wanted to be a cheerleader. It was uh, well, like... Well, because I'm sure it's like, I mean, from where I'm from is a small town also, and there's not very many male cheerleaders, I mean especially when we were in high school then <laughs> yeah and, and, right and, and he was awesome at it too i mean he 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 really put on a show man they're they're a mess that there was like three best friends like all right let's go try and be cheerleaders but they'd like to they use the term lifters but they were yes. still cheerleaders i don't care what they say <laughs> um so it's kind of funny my brother was a wrestler now i'm a wrestler i was a cheerleader you know so kind of switch roles. Yeah, the the, the <laughs> paths have kind of flip flopped. So, and I I know this answer, but I'm going to ask it because some of our listeners may obviously not know you and your family as well as what I do. But how does your family feel about you know your career and your fighting and and those choices? Um, you know, my mom of course is diehard. She's like my biggest fan, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Slash groupie, I guess you would call her. <laughs> no, um, my mom's always followed me like a hundred percent. Knew why I was started you know supported me the whole way my dad didn't get on the ashley fan wagon until probably i don't even know like uh, he refused to want to talk about it he didn't want to see me fight he came to one of my fights and he said i was a savage and it's like against everything you know like that a human should be doing like he's like you just beat the crap out of this girl like yeah if it wasn't me she was gonna do it to me like i don't know what you want but yeah he started understanding it's a lot of things from the outside people don't understand they just see if they've never watched um or if they've only watched fighting but they don't know anything about martial arts they see it as a brutal Mm -hmm. kind of sport and it's not that at all you know there's a lot of technique and um, there's a lot of like skill that goes into these fights. It's not just, you know, someone sitting on top of someone and ground and pounding. There's, you know, it's crazy. The, the techniques that are involved in fighting. So, um, yeah, my dad didn't jump on until later, but now my whole family, even my grandma on my dad's side, which is really funny cause they're super religious. They'll like, yeah, the TV screen. They have like viewing parties in their <laughs> retirement community. Oh, oh that's awesome. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
So, so it, it's a blessing that my family's um, behind me, you know, um, along this journey. So it's pretty cool. Do you do you think that's what the biggest misconception about MMA is? Is that people really think it's like this bloodbath and just like beat down? But it, you know, the way you just said that's very true. It's it's an art. I mean, it's right. mixed martial arts. And yeah, is is that what you would consider the biggest misconception for you guys? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Till this day, you know, uh, small, really, really people that aren't open to even learning about it which you know i can't blame them it's not like i'm gonna go learn golf you know i'm not a i'm not a fan of golf so i understand that people don't want to learn but i'm just saying if you want to have a judgment about it maybe you should watch it first because that's the the biggest thing that you know i get a lot like you guys are just punching each other in the face and like it's it's insane some of the stuff you get sometimes but it's still a blessing you know like some people now that never have watched fighting that know me and love me have now invested into fighting and you know they have they have like fights uh fighters that they they watch now so it's kind of funny that's awesome that's really cool cool. hey i i've got a question what advice Mm -hmm. would you give a young female fighter looking to get into the mma yeah so um that's actually a really great question i actually um i deal with this a lot mostly with girls that you know um they really want to try it, but, you know, they get, uh, they've never done it. They feel stupid because they don't know what they're doing. And my biggest thing is going into it, um, something, I didn't have a background, so I didn't have a background in Taekwondo. I didn't do karate as a child. I didn't do anything that has anything to do with martial arts as a child, um, except for defend myself when my brother was beating the crap out of me. But <laughs> that's my extent of my background. But, I, you know, I just say go into Um, One discipline, kind of get well-rounded in that discipline and then kind of build on because a lot of people want to be the Conor McGregor. They want to be Ronda Rousey and they don't understand that these people have backgrounds and they've been doing this for a really long time and it's not an overnight success. It's basically takes almost 10 years, a lot of people say, to get an overnight success. So it's just learning, you know, you got to learn and you got to be really disciplined in learning. So you can't, you have to have an open mind. Right. Um, I get a lot of people that come in, they're like, I don't want to learn jujitsu, I want to learn MMA. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you go into this MMA class, it's like jumping into chapter five of a book you've never read. You know, so you, there's takedowns, there's wrestling, there's boxing, there's, right. you know, things that you have to pick up along the way and then bring them together. And I unfortunately didn't really get to do that. You know, and, um, I loved my gym um, with Dave Atchison, but they kind of just put everything together at once. It was kind of a, you know, an MMA gym, but um you know it i still it took me i'm now into my 10th year of uh fighting so uh yeah it took me a long time how often and i know you just talked about kind of the difference when we when we started out with your meal prep and and the difference between uh fight camp and out of fight camp but what's your typical week out of fight camp training week look like and then what does it look like in fight camp You know, it's kind of crazy. So I train like a a crazy person. Like my coaches think I'm crazy. Uh, Out of fight camp, I definitely overtrain. They kind of restrict me from training when I'm in fight camp, which is you think like backwards. But it it shows to like um, make sure you're recovering, you're not tired, you're not burnt out. Um, when you kind of pull back a little bit, even though you're still training everything, like every fight doesn't matter if I'm fighting a high level black belt in jujitsu, or if I'm fighting a high level Muay Thai fighter, I still do the same things. You know, I'm training wrestling every Tuesday 
in Wednesday. I'm training jujitsu four times a week. I'm training uh, boxing five times a week. You know, it doesn't, aside of like knowing who I fight, nothing changes except for, um, you know, how many times I train a day and my typical training day, um, I, I do jujitsu pretty much every day. Um, I do boxing. I train like two, two, three, two, three hours a day or like, you know, sessions. So probably about six hours a day I'm in the gym. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's not even lifting. I have to do lifting, which, um, I do three times a week. So when yeah, you say, you know, not much changes other than knowing who you're going to fight, when you're prepping for a fight with someone, is there a lot of, you know, and I come from the football world and, and coaching football, is there a lot of film breakdown? Is there a lot of studying that other fighter? That's where I pay my coaches. So that's why they get paid because, you know, I'm very hard on myself. I'm every, Everybody mostly is their worst critic, but I'm unfortunately very hard on myself. So I, I watched my division a lot. I mean, it's kind of something you do, you know, you – why not but when it's time for me to actually fight that person the contract signed i don't watch them anymore because i see stuff that they do um and i automatically think that they're gonna do that to me so i'm like oh that's a good thing like i can't watch this so i just have my coaches go through you know they're very technical they know what they're doing they watch their game plans. They see, you know, common things that the person does, mm-hmm. what to watch out for. And then we work on that in practice. So that's kind of their job on that side of it. Um, and I just am like the the robot that is guided. So how many coaches do you have? Oh, man. Two strength coaches, a jiu-jitsu coach, a wrestling coach, a Muay Thai coach, and a boxing coach. Wow. So are all of these coaches watching the film? Because, I mean, they all have their specific area that they're like a professional at is that i mean is that how that works yeah so well i have my if you see my corner when i i only have two people um, those are the two people that really watch the film those are the people i trust most those are the people that i listen to the most not listen to the most but i under like when they're coaching me during practice those are the voices i go to listen for so um on that side of it yeah it's uh, a team of people but you know at the end of the day it's my two my boxing coach and my ground coach my jiu-jitsu coach that are um the people that i listen to most gotcha uh-huh. what do you think your biggest strength as a fighter is um that's tough for other people to deal with um i think i'm just you i'm well my nickname is the spider monkey yeah, absolutely <laughs> And if you've watched any of my fights, actually the funniest fight, the reason I got this name is um, my first professional fight, I kind of took it last minute because I wanted to try out for the reality show, The Ultimate Fighter. So you had to have one pro fight. So they're like, hey, in California, they have what's called reservation fights, which are pretty crazy because they're not sanctioned, which means there's no rules. Oh, my God. There's no weight classes. Like, I mean, there's supposed to be weight classes, but like... They don't have to have weight classes. You don't get blood tested. It's very dangerous. It's risky. It's But for out here, you know, it's kind of like that's sometimes the only fights you can get. So, um, But they're very common out here. So my first fight was um, a reservation fight. They told me I didn't need to make it to weigh-ins, which is really weird because everybody's supposed to weigh in, right? <laughs> and I get there, and I'm, like, looking around. I'm like, who am I going to be fighting? Everybody's huge. This girl I fought was 165 pounds. Oh, my, first my God. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I didn't cut weight for this fight. So my first professional fight, I was actually, I weighed in at 125, but I didn't really weigh in. That's just how much I weighed. <laughs> and so I, I was like, man, we got to finish this fight fast. So this girl who was an, um, a reser- a reservation girl, so they're pretty gnarly. Like they don't, they're just there to fight. Like they don't care about anything but fighting. So, um, she like punched past me and I jumped on her head. Like I literally jumped on her head and she <laughs> fell over and I choked her out in, like 17 seconds. So from that point on, everybody called me spider monkey. They're like, really? My jiu-jitsu style. Yeah. So it, I think that's probably the hardest thing is like my unpredictability, like in the cage. Sometimes I throw stuff that I've never even practiced. Like, and it could be because I've never had a background in something yeah. and it was like, Oh, it just comes out, you know, I don't know. But yeah. Uh, probably just my my crazy style of like scrambling, I would say, kind of throws people off because um, you never know what I'm going to do. I never, I don't even know what I'm going to do in a fight. I'm like, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know where that kick came from, but I did it, you know. So, so you really, and I, and I'm sure all fighters obviously have kind of a feel for what they're going, but you even more. And I don't want to say you're not technical because I don't want to take that away, but you don't go into a fight with this real broke down game plan of what you're going to try and do. It's just kind of what you feel and what you um, see. Yeah, it's pretty much. I mean, we have more now than ever. We kind of have a kind of a game plan. But at the end of the day, and um, I think that's kind of what's been holding me back is me trying to play it too safe and be too technical. I kind of lost that um, kill mode and like trying to really hurt someone. So um, it's a it's a fine line. You know, that's what a mental 100. This game is uh, over 80 percent mental. It's a mental game. And um, you can train all day a game plan, and when you go in there and the door shut, something might just change. You know, you, you're preparing eight to ten weeks for fifteen minutes, and one day, like you know, you could wake off just off that day. You never know, so it, it's crazy. But yeah, I don't necessarily have. I have kind of like a outline that I'm supposed to do, like don't go to the ground with this girl at first, or don't kick in the first round or whatever right. but sometimes i don't follow it so i just do whatever <laughs> what do you think then and I, I don't want to give away the game plan on on you but what what do you what what are you focusing on what, what would you consider a weakness right now um i think my biggest weakness I, is still my striking um even though it's come a long way jiu-jitsu you know it's kind of you can make it your own so i think you know that's something um that is my strong point um but yeah i'm always working on wrestling and stand up because i feel like i'm so many years behind all these people that have had a coming like you know they came up wrestling they came up doing a lot of these girls were professional kickboxers and boxers before they came to mma or you know so it's like trying to do your homework for college and you've never even been to high school you know what i mean you've, so not, you've not been in the class but you're assigned homework <laughs> yeah exactly so it, it's insane that i mean but i'm telling you if i can do it anybody can do it you could be kelly you could be a professional fighter i'm just telling <laughs> yeah, you. yeah i don't know about that <laughs> i appreciate the confidence though <laughs> <laughs> So you talked a little bit about um, kind of your process on getting on the Ultimate Fighter. And I will say that's kind of probably the first time that I was ever exposed to like you and, and, and MMA like in general, I guess. Or, you know, that I've never watched the Ultimate Fighter until mm-hmm. Dustin was like, hey, this girl I went to high school with is on. And so 
we watched like your entire series um, and everything, which was great. I mean, we recorded it and watched it, but you talked a little bit about the process on getting on the Ultimate Fighter. Um, is I mean, is that you had to kind of do the uh, that one fight, and I mean, was that kind of the process? So this is what happened. Um, without boring you guys, because I'm sure this might bore you, but. Um, when I first tried out, so that I had that first professional fight, I tried out for the original first 115 series of the Ultimate Fighter, the series that the now champ Rose Namajunas was on. Um, and so they had open tryouts, but after the open tryouts, they decided to keep girls that had um, more experience. I only had one professional fight at this time. Um, and they were crowning a champion at the end of this season because they are just adding that 115 weight class. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a slam in the face. Like I was super depressed after, you know, not making it, even though, you know, there's no really reason why there's always, they always tell you there's another opportunity, but it was kind of like, man, did I just like screw myself by turning professional, not really ready for it just to try out for the show. And so I kind of like, that's where people don't see like, you know, getting that door shut in your face. You have to like figure it out. Like I'm going to pull it together, not be sad, train harder and just wait for my next opportunity. So um, I didn't get on that first season. And it ended up being such a blessing because I had one of the craziest fights that changed me as a fighter in that time before I got on to the actual show. So, um, and I think I needed that, you know, to really show myself that, hey, I can hang with these girls. Like, you know, I train too, you know. It's really been a struggle for me to to associate myself with fighters because I did it, I started it with no background and I did it for anger management issues. Like it's unheard of, like it's crazy. So um, when I actually made it on to the show and let me tell you that show, talk about if you ever have anxiety, nerves, like, Oh my gosh, like that is on another level because one, you have to, um, first of all, they put you in a hotel for a week with all these people. There was, 16 girls uh no there was 16 eight yeah there were 16 girls fighting for eight spots on the show but you don't know who you're fighting so you have to cut weight all week with these girls and you find out the day before you fight who you're fighting so you could be fighting your friend they just decide who they want you to fight well i ended up getting the girl that they wanted to win the show of course i'm the underdog no one wants me on the show they don't know who i am i have no background and this girl had a kickboxing you know uh background her her fiance husband was in the ufc mm-hmm. like she was supposed to win the show but you had to fight to get on the show so like they bring all these people in you basically fight for your bed is the only way to explain it and um once you get on i got on the show so i beat the girl um decision and um once you're on the show you're now sleeping eating training with people you might fight it's like the crate and you can't have tv you can't have a cell phone you can't have a book you literally just hang out and all you're doing is training two times a day for like two hours so there's a lot of hours in the day that you're just hanging out with these people and there's no source of entertainment but yourself so we did a lot of stupid stuff on the show but it definitely changed me as a fighter um you can't train with music so it's like you gotta man up and figure it out you know for motivation and it was insane but it was quite the experience. What What was it like with all those personalities in the house? Was there, and obviously the TV show tries to build up that drama. Uh, oh, but yeah. Was, was there a lot of that tension and drama within that, you know, that group of people? No, they actually got mad at, you know, we got lucky because it was half guys, half girls. I think if it was a full girl season, 
you know, just too much estrogen in one room would probably have been way different. <laughs> but we had that uh, kind of broken up with like half guys, half girls. And so uh, we actually, they kind of got mad at us because we were like, we all got along so well. Like mm-hmm. we were really good friends. So um, one of my best friends was my um, teammate on the show. We still fly out and hang out with each other. She's in the UFC as well. Um, she's literally one of my best friends. So um, it's insane the relationships you build. But yeah, I mean, man, you're like, you're literally like, you don't know. Like, you don't know if you win. Like, I might have to fight my teammate. You don't know this. So right. yeah, it was definitely, man. It, and then like when the guys fought, because it was 205 guys and 115 girls. When the guys fought, they were the first fight. Um, so they would do guy fights like on a Tuesday and girl fights on a Friday. So whatever team won, they would pick, they would get to pick who fought next. So, um, it was like on guide nights, like you're like, you're kind of relaxed, you know? And then you're like, cause, or on girl days you would be relaxed because you know, you're not fighting next the next, but then when the guys fight, you're like, Oh shit. Like, am I going to be the next one to fight? (laughs) (laughs) Are they going to pull me up? Yeah, it's crazy. And then hearing these 205 guys hit each other with no music, like you just hear the blunt force of like silence and skin and bones hitting. It's it's literally it made me nauseous my first day. Like I was like, I don't think I want to do this. I don't, you know, like <laughs> fuck, this is cr- oh sorry. It was like it was crazy, but you know, and um, that's that's something I would have never thought about because you're right and I've I've been lucky enough in my career in coaching that I've been to some, you know, professional practices and division 1 practices and when there's not a whole lot of fanfare and it's quiet and you hear some of those hits like in the football field, that's a uh-huh. whole different sound than you heard you've heard. So I can't imagine <laughs> watching some of those guys, you know, with no sound, no nothing back drowning that out would be pretty crazy. Yeah, it it was it was insane. It was probably the eeriest Cause even at practice, like there's, I mean, we have music, you have people talking, but the first fight on the show was two teammates. So they didn't know that they were teammates, but they were, they were put on opposite teams. So no one wanted to cheer for them because they were teammates. So it was so quiet. These guys literally like were just, uh, it was awful. It was crazy. So, but then after that, you know, you start getting used to it, but you'd have those days that like, Oh, girls days up next. Like, and the girls only had so you had to cut weight um, within three days. So you had to keep your weight really, really low. Like, wow. and they would feed you whatever you want. Like, I could ask for filet mignon every single day, and they would like grass fed. They would give it to me. So <laughs> it's kind of like a a double edged sword. Like, you can get whatever you want, but if you don't make weight, you're never fighting again in the UFC. So, so, it so it's insane. like it's like an unbelievable trial of your self-control i mean because oh yeah that's a perfect explanation yes exactly because you you can have anything you want for free but if i have that it's it's going to cost me (laughs) oh yeah and they'd have like bottles of like alcohol laying around like they just like try to antagonize you like to drink like it's crazy because they wanted that drama i was gonna say that probably helps the drama part if you get yeah they get a few beverages and uh well fortunately i knew my family would be watching the show so i only drank one night but i did get a nickname that night so uh i don't know if it worked in my favor that i even drank on the show but it was was only slightly edited or aired so thankfully it was uh, insane 
I think I tried to choke out a producer when I was a little intoxicated, but <laughs> oh. you know, that's kind of what fighters do. We just get wild when we, no, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> that's so. awesome. <laughs> the so, honesty of it. Sorry. So how do you feel that the ultimate fighter helped your career? Um, how my fan wise, you know, you get the exposure of being right. on, um, Fox sports one after the show, even though I didn't win the show, uh, Fox used me the most to do interviews. Um, so they brought me on to UFC tonight three or four times. Um, so I got that experience of like media being able to talk behind a camera and like it was, it was kind of on that side, like really, really something I've never experienced and I really enjoyed. Um, and then, you know, it just builds you as a fighter. You know, I'm not uncomfortable if my opponent now wants to go like have breakfast, like I'm so used to being like, you know, I used to be like, I don't want to see my opponent. I don't, you know, blah, blah, blah. But now once right. you're like living with them, like it's not a big deal. So it's just a fight. So, well, and I thought that was, it. I thought that was really interesting afterwards too, because obviously I had known the build up that at least that you were going to get the chance to fight onto the show. And then you made the show and we, like my wife said, we watched it. But the craziest thing I think for me was afterwards and I would turn on UFC tonight or something else and you kept popping up and I yeah. wasn't prepared for it. <laughs> it would be like, there she is again. So, so for us, and I mean that when I said it, when you, you first came on with us for us, you know, this is a hobby for us. This is something we're just starting and having some fun with this podcast. So to have you come on is truly an honor. I mean, you, you've, oh, thank you. you've got much bigger stages than talking to me and my wife in Southern <laughs> Indiana. So I appreciate it. Uh, no, you guys did great. You're professional and I like your style. So you guys are Keep it up. Do you're doing well. Well, I'm going to ask you about this, and and I, I printed a copy of it last Sunday night. You kind of made a post that started out by scaring all of us a little bit um, on your Facebook account about you know the door kind of being shut in your face and all the hard work you've done, but that you you realize that you do have kind of a future in this this sport and this profession. And can you tell me kind of where you were out after UFC two twenty two and and where that came from? First of all, sorry about the grammatical uh, errors in that post, but it was a little emotional for me. Um, yeah, you know, this uh, this has been a really hard uh, year for me, last two years, you know. Um, two of my three fights in the UFC, I think I won. Um, and, we would you agree. know, judge's decision we disagreed. So, you know, having that happen and, you know, just getting, you know, it's like a slap in the face, which, you know, at the end of the day, they tell you not to go to the judges. And then as easy as it's easier said than done, you know, right. at the end of the day. So, um, I think one of my biggest thing behind, um, being, um, behind that post was, it was like, you know, I trained so hard this camp. I try to change things. I try to, um, fix my mistakes. But when the door closes, there's this mental thing that I can't seem to fix. And it's being, um, overly cautious in a fight. And I know it doesn't look like it cause I'm a crazy fighter, but I always think, you know, all right, I don't want to, I don't want to get cut from the UFC. So I want to play it safe, but then I end up holding myself back and losing the fight anyway. Um, and so it was like, you change all these things in your camp. I had a really good camp, this camp, um, and getting in there and that happening again, the same feeling again. Like, um, it was just, I was like, if I can't figure it out now, I'm never going to figure it out. I just need to be done. So never have I lost a fight and walked out of the cage and told my coaches, I told him immediately, I, I probably hadn't even hit the floor from leaving the octagon. I said, I'm done. I'm done. Like, I don't want to fight anymore. 
And my coach is like, shut up, you're emotional. <laughs> and, you know, that's just something that never came out of my mouth. Not that I don't want to fight. I love fighting. Like, it's, it made me cry to think uh, I'd step away from something I've worked so hard for. But I think at the end of the day, um, uh, you know, ta- getting so much positive feedback from the, even just this fight, we, you know, our fight alone hit the most views. It had over a million views just for our fight um, on that card. So, um, having uh you know the head guys at the ufc call me and tell me they all believe i won that fight and you know they're gonna you know have my back um it's been such a blessing and having these little girls and people that you say you know um specifically what i wrote about was this one girl um i did an event and she came up to me and she was not a fighter of course but she was just like you know i've I've been through some tough times and I just want to say, I watch you and you're so inspirational. And she had no idea, like in my mind, I was ready to quit. And she was like, you should never quit. You know, you're doing so well. And it's just like something that clicked in me. I was like, why am I going to quit? Like these people love me. They love my performances, you know, um, at this point, you know, just, um, I think all the love really guided me in the other direction and making me want to stay. Um, and I still, you know, as much as I've been training and having this journey um, with no background, I, I have still such a long way to go. So I'm not done yet. I thought I was. Um, and, you know, it, sometimes it takes you to be emotionally, like, dropped like that, you know, like having everything, another door slammed in your face, a, a loot, a loss, um, to think, hey, you know, I can, I can fix this. So um, I'm just going to get back to the drawing board and work on my mental side of it and keep doing all the things that I'm doing plus some more and hopefully, you know, get the win I deserve. So finish, I guess I need to finish these people because the judges don't like me too much. <laughs> no, and I don't understand that. And I'll be honest. It was kind of funny because Callie had bought me tickets for a, a hockey game in Indianapolis for my birthday, Ashley. So I'm sitting, I'm sitting third row at a hockey game. And when your fight is coming on, I'm not watching the hockey game. I'm streaming it on my iPhone. Everybody else around me is yelling and cheering and watching the hockey game. And I'm still sitting in my seat watching your fight be streamed on my phone because I didn't want to miss it. And then, you know, after watching you the first two rounds, to me, it was apparent you were going to win the fight. Um, And I, I don't know why sometimes the judges don't give more credit for avoiding the submission. Because what, in my opinion, I'm no no way a fighter, but what you did in that third period to stay out of her submission, to work, to stay alive, showed me a lot. I think you didn't get enough credit for that, what your abilities were there. Amen, brother. No. Uh, you know, it's crazy because the whole camp, <laughs> the whole camp, one of the things that we talked about, I was like, yeah, I'll be fine as long as she doesn't take my back. <laughs> as soon as... So kind of just to put you through where my mind was when she got that takedown. I was defending a double leg. You know, I was defending all these takedowns. Third round comes around. And I'm not sure if the Vaseline from where I was cut on my eye got in my eye when she hit me. But it didn't rock me in the sense that, like, she hit me hard and I didn't know what was going on. Um, But I had a little bit of distortion in my right eye. So I was trying to play it off, you know, kind of poker face, like, trying to get it back. Um, I was kind of blinking my eye. If you actually watch the video, you could probably see me close my right eye for a second to see if that could help my vision. But as soon as I got my, like open my eye back again, like that's not going to work. She gets shot in on that single leg and we went to the ground. I was like, Oh, I can get my back to the cage. Well, being in jujitsu, you know, like when someone's going to take your back, like she hooked her leg, 
um, on the back of my leg. And I was like, oh, she's taking my back. So like when I was going down, you know, fighting this submission off, all I could think is my coach. Well, actually, I didn't think I could hear my coach saying, Ashley, please just do not tap. Ashley, please do not tap. And I'm like, I'm not going to tap. Like, calm down. I'm going to get out of here. So um, I didn't get to say that, of course, because, you know, it's like the last minute of the fight. I'm just trying to, you know, get out. But that's a big thing uh, for me because she's known for her rear naked choke. She's and, you know, no matter MMA or jujitsu, like once that once you get like someone that knows what they're doing with the choke, like and they lock it up, you know, you might be going night night. So um, fortunately enough, it wasn't under my chin but it was like on my chin and i just stayed calm breathing you know i was like i i messed up but you know at the end of the day she didn't get that submission so you're right you know in wrestling if you get you know they give reversals so like why couldn't you get um you know a submission escape but you know it's all perception and it's all um subjective for the the refing or for the judging so it, it's unfortunate that that's you know um what happened but you know it's crazy the same scenario that got her the win in this fight supposedly you know getting the takedown on the submission attempt i did to my opponent in my very first fight i took her down had a submission attempt and i still lost that fight so it's like you know right. the judging is so like you can't win. subjective and that's why they tell you not to go to it but well right. not I, uh, that unfortunately didn't not that social media is obviously the answer, but it was amazing to me immediately after the fight watching the the comments on the UFC Twitter page and things that it was very apparent that everyone who watched that fight outside of the judges <laughs> thought you won that fight. I mean, there was no question. Yeah, there was definitely Correct, a lot of back- correction. One judge said I won the fight, so that oh. person. That's true. <laughs> Two of the no, three. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, it's crazy, right? Like. Even people, okay, so uh, I had like 4,000 followers on my Instagram before this fight started, but I now have 24,000 followers oh um, my on Instagram. I think Insane, we have like 12, 12 <laughs> followers, not 12,000. Well, you know, I'll give you a shout on there and maybe you'll get some, uh, some new followers. But uh, there, it was crazy because people that were her fans, they were like, hey, you know, I was rooting for Dern, but you won that fight. Like, who says that? You know, it, it's right. insane to me that... Of all the comments and all the, all like everybody usually has like, you know, you have your haters, you have your people that love you. I can count on one hand the people that were, you know, saying that I lost that fight. One hand of like yeah. Yeah. millions of people that said stuff. So. so it's like, to me, it was like, I had to go back and rewatch the fight. And I normally don't do that. I did it twi- twice in my career. I've, I watched the Justine fight, the one that, and I'm like, I was so pissed, or sorry, I was so mad afterwards because I'm like, how did she win that fight? And then um, I rewatched this fight and I'm like, are you serious? Like, is this really, you know, what's going on? And, you know, a lot of people thought that the first round was questionable, but go back and watch that fight. I tagged her so many times in that first round. So you're telling me that maybe two minutes of a 15 minute fight, she had domination and you're going to give it to her. Like that doesn't make sense to me. So, um, and and again, even when you say she had domination, she couldn't finish it. She had uh, exactly, every opportunity exactly, right. to put you to, to get the choke and finish it. And that's what frustrates me is that should be something for you. I mean, here she is. This is her specialty. Right. She's got you right where she wanted you and she can't finish it. So that was the frustrating yeah. thing. Yeah, for sure. It was it, it's super frustrating. And it's kind of like I mean, it's like a slap in the face. Honestly, it really is because. 
I'm like, I've had a pretty rough start in my UFC career. But, you know, the plus side of all this is all three of my fights in the UFC have been fun fights. Everybody loves my fights because I go out there and, you know, I put on for the fans. I don't just go out there and, you know, lay lay to one side and, you know, whatever. So that's one thing, you know, I, I have been, like, really focusing on because at the end of the day – you live to see another fight and I really was struggling with, you know, now my record is kind of jacked up, but it doesn't really justify like how I am as a fighter. And so that's something I've just kind of put in the back of my head, like just keep moving forward, you know, and tomorrow's a new day. I have to stay positive. You know, there's so many people that look up to me now and people, new fans that I've never had before after this fight. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it's crazy, but it's definitely the most, um, stressful career I think you could ever have because, you know, um, I get punched in the face and, you know, it's not instant gratification if you win or lose. <laughs> yeah. It's a, a long, long journey just to work up for one day. So Well, and even um, when you win, you still hurt the next day. I mean, there, oh, there are I mean, very yeah. few fights that you're right. just going to get out unscathed and, and that quickly. So there's still pain and soreness and all that to come get over it. I know it's easier once you've won to get over that, but you still <laughs> no, got to you know, deal it's crazy. Uh, every single fight I've ever had, I got a black eye on my right side, which means I need to learn how to keep my hand up. But yeah, all my fights, I, I always end up, I'm like, if you have small children, please don't watch my fights because they're usually bloody. <laughs> They're usually like super intense, like have you on your seat. Um, that's just my, I guess my fighting style, you know, it's kind of crazy. So, um, but also it's, that's what the fans like to see. So um, that's why I, I truly believe I'm meant for this, you know, even though, you know, I struggled, you know, with my performances, getting those wins, but um, I think I, I meant to do this. So I do appreciate you guys, um, you know, wanting to do an interview with me and kind of get, you know, my insides of my head, like where I'm at and my history. And hopefully, you know, I don't know how many listeners you guys have, but um, hopefully, you know, someone takes something from this interview that's positive. So I appreciate that. I got one last question if you got time. Yeah, of course. All right. Looking ahead, you know, in all of this, if, if we're lucky enough that we're still doing a podcast or something in the, in the future, um, what do you want your legacy to be? If, if 10, 15, 20 years down the road, Ashley, we, we talk again, and, and hopefully I'll actually get to see you again sometime soon, not just through the phone. But uh, what do you want that legacy to be? You know, um, I, I just really want to make an impact on people that are struggling. I, I, that's my, who I want to reach out to. That's, that's the most important to me. Um, not only have I lost my brother, I've lost friends. I've lost my little cousin. Um, I've seen a lot of a lot of tragic deaths and um, I've seen even friends and family that have lost loved ones. And it's so important to be able to reach out to these people and tell them that, you know, you you can't stop. You know, it's it's really it's really a important thing to me to let people know that, um, you know, I just recently lost the guy that started (laughs) me in MMA, you know, um, Dave Atchison. He just passed and I got to see him when I came home for Christmas one last time, which meant more than anything to me, you know, I gave him my first UFC gloves that I ever owned, um, which, you know, you should keep, but I, I just felt like he needed those because without him, I wouldn't be in the, uh, I wouldn't be where I am, you know? So, um, my biggest thing is, you know, giving back 
is what I want to do. I want to make sure these people that are struggling in whatever they are, they look up to me for whatever inspiration that, you know, I, I, I leave as a great a role model in that sense. So that's, you know, kind of where I want to be. And, you know, I always strive to be a champion one day, but if I can change one person's life or save one person that, you know, it's everything to me. So that's kind of where I want to, I want to leave everything. Well, girl, I'm going to speak for both of us. And, and first of all, I want to thank you for doing this again. And, yes, thank you very much. And it, it means the world to me that you would consider, you know, coming on here and doing this. And and I want you to know that truly uh, you make all of us proud um, from our little hometown. And, and you know, and as a friend, um, Ashley, you, you inspire me. And I want you to know that I... I work obviously in a high school and I spend a lot of time with kids and and you're someone who I hope will be a big inspiration to young girls in my school that struggle with some of the same things you do and and even young men that struggle with some of those things to see you know how you've overcome some of those challenges and how you persevere so I truly truly appreciate it Um, if you're back around some point don't be a stranger look (laughs) us up um, and if you are back around for an extended period of time, I would love to have you come to the high school and talk to uh, our students about kind of your story and your inspiration and those kind of things. I think that could be a really cool thing around here. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. All right, girl. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, thanks again. And well, let me ask you this before I let you leave. Okay. Any plans for the next fight? What's what's coming up here obviously i know you just got done with one but what's what's (laughs) coming up at least you waited like two weeks usually i get asked that like 24 hours (laughs) yeah like like, the next day (laughs) i still have a black guy like what are you talking about no um uh hopefully it sounds like maybe um looking for a summer fight you know i'm i'm not gonna i don't want to wait um as long as i did this last camp unfortunately sometimes it doesn't work that way you know, one of the other struggles with fighting is like sitting and waiting. So I can't plan like to go to weddings. I can't plan on trips, like, because I could get a call tomorrow saying, Hey, you're fighting in two weeks, you know? So that's another thing, you know, that's unfortunate about our business, but, um, hopefully, you know, summertime fight. Um, I don't want to go any more, less, I, less than six months. I want to be back in the cage. So, um, that's my goal. It's, you know, you never know. So you always got to just keep the social media open because as soon as they announce it, I can announce it. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much, you know, hopefully I, you know, I really, really wanted to get on that Chicago card, but it's already, you know, packed. And unfortunately I can't get on that one, but I think that one would have been really cool to be that close to home. Yeah, really? Um, yeah, I know. Right. So, but, you know, you never know. Somebody could get hurt and they call me in, but you never, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully summer, though, it sounds like. so. Awesome. Do you want to throw out your social media before we let you go? Yeah, guys, definitely follow me on Instagram. I'm most active on is Spider Monkey Yoda. Um, and then I also have Twitter, Ashley Yoda MMA, and Facebook, Ashley Yoda MMA as well. Um, and like I said, Dustin, uh, tag me in something on your social media and I'll share it. And then, you know, we'll, we'll blow you up too. So everybody gets some followers. No, (laughs) that would be awesome, girl. I appreciate it. It's great talking to you. And, uh, I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. It was nice talking to you. Nice meeting you, Kelly. Nice to meet you too. Again, I want to, I want to thank, you know, Ashley, I know I just said it to her when she was with us, but for me, by far one of the coolest things I've gotten to do is in this this 
crazy hobby that I've picked up in podcasting is to get to talk to a girl that we walk down the halls of Mitchell High School and again, you know, I've, I've talked about some of the other people that have, that have done some big things and you know, that have come out of Mitchell, Indiana, and, and Ashley is right there with, you know, the Chase Briscoes that right. are, you know, in the NASCAR scene. And when you when you grew up in Mitchell, Indiana, like I did, you know, one stoplight town, uh, two stoplights now. I was reading an article about Chase earlier today, and, and he said that, you know, about two years after he graduated, they put in a second stoplight. So we are a two-stoplight oh, town now. <laughs> um, but when you look at that the drive and the you know the talent that has come out of that place is really cool and i used to have a calculus teacher and he always used to say that the reason why kids from mitchell were always so successful is because we have the lehigh cement company and he always had this conspiracy theory that the uh, cement got into our water system and that's what made us so tough is that we were really (laughs) drinking cement all the time so you know he was uh he he was a, a really fun guy, but always talked about how that's what made Mitchell kids so tough. And they, again, you know, Ashley is definitely a, a huge example yeah, of that. Absolutely, no, it was it was great. I obviously I had never met her. Um, I had you know heard about her, followed her, seen her you know on the Ultimate Fighter, um, watched some you know her fights and stuff like that. Just obviously through through you um knowing her and, and that kind of thing so it was kind of it was really cool to be able to talk with her and you know i, I thought it was really cool that she could call in and she's you know way at, she's out in california and we're just chit-chatting with her as she's getting her meal prep you know going and which i thought was interesting because you know here she is she's obviously not even fight i mean not fighting not really scheduled anything yet but obviously like she said is you can't go too crazy so yeah and and if you if you're inspired by ashley's story if you're interested you know i i encourage you to become a fan even if you don't think you like mixed martial arts i encourage you to be a fan and, and watch for her. she said in the interview you know she's she's hoping to have a fight sometime this summer yeah um and so pay attention to that see when she's coming back and uh you know definitely throw her some love and and you know again i really appreciate her coming on um and couldn't have been happier to get the opportunity well and she's definitely um, i mean she's definitely working her way up i mean i i at least i feel just because of the you know the fight she did and and the one she had done before this you know whenever they do those the big ufc fights and things like she just did here a couple weeks ago um you know they kind of start out at the, the the earlier ones are kind of the more beginning i guess you have the undercard yeah, yeah you know and and she's kind of working her way up to where i mean this last time she was one of the the later i mean i would say or the middle of the pack of all of the i mean of course they have how many how many fights in that in that one evening but well and she said their their fight drew a million plus right, views so right. so you know that's you think about a million people that's <laughs> right. a lot of people watching that fight right absolutely and and especially when you're talking about you know the MMA you know in UFC it's it there's not a ton of people that watch it I don't think anyway other than you know the the people that are locked in in that world so I think that was that's really awesome. Well, and you know I want to wrap it up here this week and and first of all I want to throw out our social media um, we're available on uh, married at married underscore show on Twitter. Um, we're the Married with Children show on Facebook and Instagram. 
You can check out our website and listen to past episodes or just stream them right there on the internet uh, at marriedwithchildrenshow.com. And again, we're available by email through marriedwithchildrenshow at gmail.com. And the last thing I want to say before I play us out here with a little song is the idea that we're still looking for guests. We want people to come on and, and I don't want it to feel like because we were lucky enough to have Ashley come on that you have to be that caliber, you know, and, and again, I'm right. very, very impressive, but people that are doing things every day, you know, that are their passions that are, you know, working towards their goals, uh, we want to talk to, and we want to, yeah. we want to hear those interesting stories. So I would encourage them to come on anything from you, Cal. No, I think we're, I'm looking forward to a great week. All right. Well, I'm going to play us out here with a song by the killers. Um, it's called run for cover, uh, came out last year but you know when i think about getting in that octagon and having the door shut <laughs> if ashley was standing across from me i can say very openly and honestly i would be running for cover and knowing her and listening to her talk today and her determination and her focus um if i was any future opponent in the ufc i would be running for cover as well Her dreams She's running